and my friends. I had hoped against hope that some miracle would prevent a devastating war and bring to an end the invasion. This most serious threat World Wrestling Federation has ever known. The long-term future sports entertainment has changed forever. A succession of actual wars have shaken the entire world and have threatened to bring on the gigantic conflict, which is today unhappily a fact. that I hate war. This is our last chance. There's no going back. There is no tomorrow. They want to finish us all. Feel this moment for the rest of your life. This war is only half over. And it could damn well be lost. We're laying it all on the line. Nothing can stop the WCW and ECW. Boston is going to lead us into the station. Lift up your heart. All will come right. We will kick WCW and ECW's. No WWF superstar is going to deny us from our destiny. Death! The sports entertainment! And I hate you. And now, PlayStation presents. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 Hello and welcome to another edition of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, as we enter this week of January, late January 2017, what do you bring to the news desk? Well, one of your favorite women of all time, uh, Kelly Kelly, had her birthday. So we want to throw out a happy birthday to her. I think she's my second favorite as far as good looking. We could have a whole show just on ranking the divas. We could. Uh, in terms of just physical attractiveness. Right. But uh, on this show that you picked this week, we have my number one, which is Stacey Keebler. But right. I Second, very, it's very close. I know you were excited about that, Matt. I think part of what attracted me to Kelly Kelly is that we are like the same age just about. In right. fact, I think she's a little younger than me. Yeah. So She's my age. It's crazy that she got a job in the WWE at like 18. She I mean, was actually 17. But when you look like her, yeah. I mean, yeah, boy. Yeah, so happy birthday indeed. She's already had her wrestling career. <laughs> she's already retired. Her, she's and already she retired. married a hockey player. Yeah. So it's like all yeah. set. She's, she's Isn't living. that nice? That Isn't is nice insane, right? That is a pretty girl. Yeah. That is insane, The right? world just works out so well for you when you look like that. Yeah. So yeah. something we don't know about. We Patrick. have no idea about that. Yeah. Tyler Bate. Yes, the UK tournament over the weekend. Wins the UK title. Did that you was, watch uh, any of this? I did. I what did. did you think? I did not get to see any of this. I didn't see all of it. I only saw parts of it, but it was... It, looks to be 
a very hard-hitting William Regal style of Greco-Roman grappling wrestling. It was very entertaining what I saw of it. I'm actually going to go home and rewatch the whole thing from start to finish uninterrupted. Yeah, that's the great thing about the network is that, you know, you don't have to watch this stuff live anymore. Right. So that's why I didn't feel compelled. It happened in the middle of the day over the weekend, you know, so yeah. it would have been easy to tune it in, but I just didn't have time. But I've, right. I've heard good things about it, and I heard that Michael Cole actually did a really good job uh, commentating, which is rare because the internet and wrestling podcasts are really tough on Michael Cole, but he came through in a show that, you know, he was out of his element. He didn't have Vince in his ear. Right. He actually had to call wrestling moves, and he's sitting next to Nigel McGinnis, who's a great commentator. Even in that situation, he he shined. So uh, that's I've heard nothing but good things about this show. I just hope that going forward that they handle this better than the cruiserweights have been handled thus far. Yeah, and uh, well, going on to the cruiserweights here, Tajiri suffers a severe knee injury over the weekend. Seriously, already? Yeah. He just came back like yeah. two weeks ago. He's uh he's going to be out at least a couple months. So he is... Well, that's very in, unfortunate. It is, man. It really because is. Because they need some star power. And he was he definitely was their, a star. He was their guy, yeah. You had him, Neville, and uh, Brian Kendrick. As the names. As the names. And yeah. so, so that was that's a hard blow to the crew. Well, and with division. Austin Aries still on the shelf, so until yeah. until one of these guys gets back, you know, it's very limited at the top of that roster right now. Right. Not to say anything bad about Rich Swan, who has the belt. Yeah, no, we're not. He's fine, yeah. but it's just he's not to you and I. Who I just didn't follow. I don't. I didn't follow his career up until when he shows up in the WWE, and all I know about him is he dances and he's a good wrestler. That's right. all I know about him. So it's going to take some time for him to warm. I'm for me to warm up to him, and see where where you and I come from. To Jerry, you know, I followed his his New Japan career before. Well, it was easier to because yeah, I mean, all of his stuff was on TV. I yeah. mean, back from ECW, so. right? So then he went straight to ECW and then WWE. So we were able to follow him and grow into that character where Rick Rich Swan is. We're still trying to to try to get to know. Just like all these cruiserweights, it's just going to take yeah. a lot of time. Yeah. It's just with a lot of them. Some are ready for you know. Some are ready for the big time, like Jack Gallagher. Like I said before, yeah. he's already ready for the big time. But then these other guys, they're just not character development. Just wasn't. A, when you're in the indies, there's yeah. just not enough time to... You have a different crowd every night, so how do you build characters on the indie circuit, right? You have right, to have exactly. devotees, you know, yeah. and so it's just going to take time. You have to sell this. yourself, too. I mean, you can't... It's all about marketing yourself. Right, right. You, you know, have to... You can be, you can be, you know, the next Bret Hart and still... If you don't know how to sell yourself and you don't know how to gimmick... And promote yourself that you know you're not going yeah, self promotion is is key to becoming a star yeah it really i mean especially nowadays because you have social media every 15 seconds somebody is talking about somebody in the wrestling business people get on to joey ryan for the whole the penis grabbing stun or whatever but you know what people know his name yeah people know his over. character and and I live by the creed of uh of what of what eric bischoff said you know controversy creates cash it doesn't matter whether it's negative publicity or positive publicity. They're still talking about you. Right. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. A good thing for indie wrestlers to remember. And that yeah. if they ever do get the call to the big time, it'll be a much easier transition if we already sort of know who you are. Right. Mickey James makes her SmackDown Live debut tonight. 
Yes, in a cage match, which again, these cages don't work at keeping people out, Patrick. No, Have you noticed they this? Don't. Has it ever worked in wrestling? Did no. anyone ever get stopped by this cage? Because it just never it never seems to stop. Uh yeah, I don't uh, the one time I can remember is when Rey Mysterio tried to get in and, and door was locked he couldn't get in and so he just scaled the top of it and jumped off the top so so yeah on rare occasions like that but yeah nine times out of ten though a cage match doesn't keep people out but But, yeah mickey james back in the wwe uh very rare for them to have a female wrestler that's you know over the age of 32 yeah i'd say that's their cutoff point, really and truly, for, for guys and, and girls. Other than May Young, you know, it was just as soon as you just hit a certain point, yeah. they're more lenient with the guys as they have, you know, 49-year-old Gold, Goldberg in there. Or even when they brought back, like, uh, Roddy Piper all those times. and But, I mean, even then, a, a indie wrestler at, you know, almost 40-something years old is not going to make his WWE debut. It's going to. Well, the boogeyman did really yeah the boogie well when he was in tough he went through tough enough first but he okay. was like nearly 40 when he he didn't win tough enough is because of his age but he ended up making it yeah because he had this character or whatever they gave him the he was in great physical condition but and the fact that he would eat worms is yeah kinda... with their own talent with males yeah. not with females though for whatever reason you know i can you think of any comebacks from like when they're there's been a long stretch in between with divas that have come back to wrestle again, uh, other than a one-off like Trisha. And I know, I know, Moolah actually had fully retired and then came back in ninety ninety-eight, I believe, or ninety-nine, and actually won the women's title. And yeah, but and, that's just. Different. But I mean, I understand that. But I'm saying that was like almost a twenty-year retirement before she showed back up. So in-ring competition-wise, not. Just not doing gimmick stuff, but in-ring competition-wise. It can happen, but it's rare. It's and, very rare. And so this is uh, this is good a good trend, though, I think, because there's a lot of great female wrestlers that have been in the company that haven't been seen for a long time. Well, I mean, we go on to uh, Eve Taurus. Eve, do you remember Eve at all? A little bit. Okay, Eve is actually getting ready to make her movie debut with Jackie Chan here in the next month. Really? So, yes. So she's moved on to other stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty of female wrestlers out there that can still get in the WWE or make a comeback and, and kick ass and take names. So, so yeah, Kurt Angle to headline the Hall of Fame this year. Yeah, uh, a bit surprising because I figured they would save it probably for next year to go along with the video game because I just feel like that's how they do it now. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he's the only guy with a gold medal that that wrestled. Yeah, I mean, he is. So you cannot take that away from him. He is the only Olympic gold medalist in professional wrestling history. He's so. in every other Hall of Fame. So yeah, why not? So I, I'm shocked that they're putting in in this early. I thought that was kind of a like I said they. They Going were, in before The Rock, though. I mean, that's kind of... I mean, they're saving The Rock for something big. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really know what they're saving The Rock for. When you because this is, it, this is in Florida, but it's not Miami, so... His first appearance on WWF TV was in 1999. 
Okay. So on an episode of Sunday Night Heat. He originally uh, started with ECW, but then quit. He didn't like uh, the storylines in ECW. Yeah, he showed up one night, and of course, that was the infamous, you know... Raven gets crucified, yes. Yeah, they, they crucify Sandman and, and... Oh, right. Sandman got crucified. And, and Stevie and... and Blue Mini were out there tying him up. And, and yeah. he walked out. Yeah. and so They he, were that close. They could have had this huge superstar. I think that would have elevated ECW into a whole new level. I think it would have still. In this review, like Rob Van Dam, there was some talent in ECW. I think the company was just going to fail regardless of who was at the top of it. But yeah, it would have helped. It would have helped to have an Olympic gold medalist wrestling in ECW. So, he would have uh, gotten. He just would have started there and been signed in a couple months anyway. So, but I mean, their talent exchange. Yeah, but you think about it. I mean, ninety nine. So there's so many people that like Triple H, or you know, so many others that with you're going with the Attitude Era or late Attitude Era because that's not technically. I don't know. You know, but to consider putting in the hall of fame i just feel like i feel like it's 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 early for him i feel that a little bit but at the same time they really want people that are alive yeah that narrows it sadly that narrows it down quite a bit right and to be qualified and alive is is yeah and to be the be a headliner they're running out of them but i figured in orlando i figured it would be the rock i really did uh I mean, you're coming, you're they've right. They've got, they've, I think The Rock and Triple H are like, they're too fine. Like when you know that they have reached, they've, they're out of people. Yeah. Those are the ones that they keep in their pocket. Yeah. That's always their, their emergency plan, basically. Like, I don't know, like. Well, I you, figured, you know, you, Miami you, Hurricanes and all that. I figured you're, you're never going to have a WrestleMania in, in Miami, but Orlando, like. that. Well, they've be, had them in Miami before. Because Cena and Rock headlined WrestleMania there. Oh, they did? That was That Miami? was the first one. Okay. I didn't know that, that was the one Miami. that The Rock won. I thought that was Orlando as well. I didn't know it was Miami. So. Yeah, WrestleMania 28 was in Miami. Oh, so. okay. All right. That that was the only thing I was thinking about was... Yeah, I mean, can you think of any other headliners outside of those three? Kurt Angle, The Rock, and Triple H, who's left? I consider, you know... <laughs> kind of hard actually when you go back i mean we'll eventually get to undertaker right i think kane undertaker kane big show as much as i give out about the big show i mean not on this show really because we haven't had a lot of <laughs> i'm not a big fan of the big show but i recognize that he's had a long career and he's contributed a lot so he's worth the headlining spot i guess yeah so there's five there's five we can get him through five years i think patrick we can get them through. Uh, I think no, we can get can them through throw, six years. I think you can throw up there along those lines. You can throw like a, uh, a Jim Cornette. Believe it or not, I mean that. You throw a Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express, or you the Dudley Boys, or something along those lines. You might actually could throw them in the headline spot and Just, sell. I think DDP in the headline spot would sell. Well, we still have Goldberg. Yeah. Goldberg you on still there. Have Goldberg. I mean, so there's actually there's probably about a dozen people. Yeah. Overall, I guess. If you really want to stretch it out. Goldberg will be next year, I feel like. Yeah, especially because it seems like Goldberg wants to work some more. Yeah. And for as much as he's getting paid, yeah, I (laughs) bet he enjoys that. Right. Because he doesn't have to do any house shows. He just shows up to TV. He gets paid per appearance, you know. He doesn't have a contract. He just says, I'll show up when when I show up, and that's that. Yeah. 
pretty nice. Other thoughts about Kurt Angle. I'm not looking forward to hearing the people, I hate the You Suck chants. I hate it. I've always hated it. You Suck chant. Whoever started it, like Edge, I think started it in a promo. Boy, I hate that shit. Yeah. And it went on and it'll go. And like, I don't want to go to the Hall of Fame and hear that shit. Yeah. Or at the at WrestleMania when they do the curtain call. Like, I don't want to hear that. Well, see, and that's the thing with when they did the announcement, the fans already did, already did it when they did the announcement Monday night. So I just hate that. It doesn't make sense to me. I think it's disrespectful for somebody along the lines of like a Kurt Angle who, who accomplished so much. If he's so playing much. a heel character, that's fine. Yeah. But, but outside of that, it's just like the what chance. I get really fucking tired of the what chance. I mean... Have you heard the story about how that come about? It was uh, Edge or uh, Austin called Christian, and he was drunk, and he just, every word he would say, he would then go, what? And then proceed with a sentence, and then go, what? And next next week, they did it on TV, and it caught on. And so that was just... And now we've been stuck with it. And now it happened... stuck with it for 20 years 15 now. years, yeah. yeah. 16 years ago. Ridiculous. <laughs> so, uh, but no, I feel like some somewhere along the lines of of Kurt Angle deserves, you know, silence, respect. <laughs> nah. Yeah. I, I think it's a disrespectful thing to do. Chants to... have their, certain chants have their time and place. Right. For me. Right. And just some things get really get on my nerves. And, and Kurt Angle's You Suck chant, like, especially when they started putting it in the video game, when I couldn't even take it out of the video game. Like, yeah. Like one of my favorite games is SmackDown. Um, here comes the pain. But yeah. The you suck chan is in there. So anytime I have to mute it when I play as Kurt Angle. This is it's just my own gripe. This is the only problem I have with Kurt Angle going in the Hall of Fame uh this year is I don't want to hear the you suck chance. Do you think there's a chance for him to wrestle down the road? Because I don't I don't think there's I don't think he'll be getting th- in the ring. I think it'll be it'll be a one or two time comeback deal. I, I, that is it though. I don't see any more than that. I know he just he's getting ready to launch an app. To uh to help people with drug addictions and WWE has actually jumped on board of that and I think that has somewhat to do with why they're going ahead and put him in the Hall of Fame which and it's been no secret that Kurt Angle has suffered with substance abuse throughout you know years past and uh, and so I feel like it's it's something along the lines that he does you know it it works with having him you know he's cleaned up his act and he's He's now stepping into the Hall of Fame, into what every single wrestler strives to accomplish. I just don't see him getting in the ring because his neck and his knees and his arms. And this guy's pretty beat up. He is, yeah. And uh, for them not to clear Daniel Bryan, who walks around like a healthy individual, for them to clear Kurt Angle, I think it's a little bit hypocritical if they were to do that. Or to clear Sting. Money talk. I understand money talks, but we're not in the pay-per-view age anymore. They don't have to sell pay-per-views. They've got our $10 yeah. you know, every month, regardless of what they do. Yeah, that killed the pay-per-view industry. They, the, can you think of any other yeah, pay-per-views but, that they don't do pay-per-views anymore, really? Yeah, but at the same time, it's kind of a catch-22 because I'm not going to buy a pay-per-view for a product that stinks, you know? If, if there's not an interesting... Like, there was a couple of shows last year that they put on you know, as, quote, pay-per-views that not in a million years would I plop down $30 for or $40. Well, see, I think that's one of the things that's hurting TNA is now TNA realizes I can't sell pay-per-views, so I can't make money off that. Well, they're and, in And a- that's really hurting them because they don't, 
their pay-per-views that they do, they're having to give away free on live TV. They got themselves into the predicament of where people didn't want to buy their pay-per-views. TNA had a lot of self-inflicted wounds. But also, now they're in the predicament, though, that why would I give you TNA money for a pay-per-view when I can get everything on the WWE for 10 bucks? Right, that's so what I'm saying. Been, now they've been undercut. That's so what I'm now, saying. It's it's just killed them. Yeah, but I think, like I said, I think a lot of that was already self-inflicted. I mean, it wasn't. This just, I still don't know how they bounce back. You know, I this just keeps them grounded because I don't know. They can't make pay-per-view money. They can't make any money. They don't, I mean, and how so, do you, their TV deal doesn't even pay, their pop TV deal doesn't even pay them. Yeah. They get zero dollars from that. Yeah. It's a barter deal where they get to sell the ads on there, basically. And so. Well, earlier today, I got on their website, and their website is actually improved from what it has been the past few months. It's, it's more than just a screen. That, it, it's, it is. It really is. It's more than just a screen. There are a couple of places to click. So it. Well, if you're got, going by the website, there's an upside. You Anthem know. Sports, which bought them, owns the Fight Network in Canada. So they've got a lot of money, and maybe they can do something with it. And they've already launched an app overseas that's a lot like the WWE Network app. And it's only like, I think it's like half the price of the WWE Network. So maybe they can turn that into something. I, I'm really not sure, but they've got, they've got, this company always finds a way to survive. If they launch a TNA app, I'll be the first one to stand in line to get it. I mean. Yeah, okay. Once you finish the good years of TNA, you're just going to be like, all right, well, I'll be canceling this now because there's no reason to watch. I mean, outside of the broken Matt Hardy stuff, there's no reason to watch now. True. Yeah, so I know you love wrestling and you'd just watch. I'd watch it anyway, but normal people, you're right, wouldn't. Yeah, me. I would not be watching the, the current product. Yes, anyway, we got off topic, but yes, Kurt Angle, Hall of Famer. Congratulations. And uh, And our last thing is uh is Jimmy Superfly Snuka. I can't believe they gave this guy a video tribute on Monday. Like a long form I think tribute. He, he and deserves then Vince it. Vince tweeted about it. He deserves Look, it. His in-ring, yes, it deserves some recognition, but you can't take away. You can't you can't take away what he did that he killed this woman. And you know, Nancy Argentino's family, they lost their their sister and their daughter to this guy thirty something years ago and never got justice for it. I think there are more I mean, I we don't we haven't seen the evidence. Let's clarify this well, right now. There's been a lot of evidence. You can research it all day. I'm they sure lost you lost a civil lawsuit. You have researched it better than I have. So I'm I'm sure of that. I mean, I think it is it's hard to not acknowledge the fact of what the man did for the company and not acknowledge the fact of him dying. Well, I understand and, that. And the, and not and not acknowledge the fact of giving him a, a a video and I mean here is he's a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's there's well, no on the website he was removed after he got last year when they tried to try him for the murder. They took yeah. him out of the online part of the Really? I didn't know that. So but, I think there was a middle ground that they could, if they had just shown his picture at the start of it and just with the dates, I think that would have been fine. Just acknowledge that it happened and move on. I don't think he deserves a two minute video tribute because it's, you can't ignore the outside, outside world. Like, and you also, there's already been precedent set with how we treat murderers in this company. And so, well, I mean, uh, Scott Hall, sorry, Scott Hall killed a man. 
as a teenager. Yeah, but that was in self-defense. This was a it was a bar fight. Will you ever see Crispin Wall go in the Hall of Fame? No. Oh, no. <laughs> will no. you will you ever see any acknowledgement of him going in to back into like wrestling history? Well, I think sl- I mean slowly they I mean the fact that they didn't edit him out of all these pay-per-views on the network is a small step forward because on 24/7 and on the DVDs they did. They were cutting him out. Yeah. And they were cutting out uh, Nancy Benoit, too, from Nancy Sullivan when she was in WCW. So this is a small, yeah, I think they will, they incorporate him up to a certain point. Well, I mean, I'm they just, can't move past that. That's what I'm saying. You can't, you can't discredit over one incident in this man's life, his career. Where Crispin Wall, you can make that argument. I agree. For a situation in which, you know, he was never found guilty. He was well, never... but the only reason he wasn't tried is because he was in poor health. I mean, that was the only reason they didn't proceed with this. They were going to try him. And he was in such poor health, they said, oh, it's, you know, why even bother? Because right. he's not going well, to Well, they told working. him he had six months to live, and he ended up dying in three. Right. Or two. So, I mean... You know, unfortunately, and, and, you know, I never got the chance to, to meet Jimmy Snuka. However, uh, did have some conversations with him on Facebook and then a friend of mine on Facebook and, and had chatted with him over, over webcam on Facebook. It's sad to, to hear the loss of a man who, who paved ground because without Jimmy Snuka, you wouldn't have one of the most beloved wrestlers of all time in Mick Foley. Oh, there's no denying. Yeah. That a lot of wrestlers were inspired to join the business because of him. Without without Bobby Eaton jumping off the top rope in the south and Jimmy Snooker jumping off the top rope in the in the north territories, you wouldn't have high flying like you have today. Yeah, he was an inspiration back then. But and so I mean I, I, I feel like I feel like what they did was right. I mean, you know, I feel like the acknowledgement, the video and everything and, and the videos on my Facebook as well. You want to check it out? I just put myself in Nancy Argentino's family's shoes, and if someone had killed my mother or my sister or my whoever, got away with it, and then was honored, I would be outraged. I would be so livid. You wouldn't hear the end of it. I'm just trying to play. I I see your your devil's advocate. Right, you're playing devil's advocate, and I see your point. I do see your point. I'm not denying that at all. I just feel like you'll never know kind of thing. So, I mean, but anyway, you know, what what do you consider his, you know, his most epic moment in history to be? Well, just climbing that cage in Madison Square Garden. That's it. I think his feud with, with Piper. Oh, the coconut. Yes. And then, you know, I think his feud with Piper showed how that, and I mean, he was also the very first one they put him in the ring to to cover you know this this young kid named the undertaker at a wrestlemania you know he was yeah, the he first was the first victim in the streak yeah in the streak so i mean you know there's a lot of stuff you know that that's all i've got news wise that's all i've i mean that's it i just wanted to you know spend a few extra minutes on Kurt angle and a few extra minutes on snooka you mentioned the undertaker defeating jimmy superfly snooka at WrestleMania back that was back when he was a mortician. Now we're in 2001, July 22nd. It's time for WWF Invasion. Oh, the Invasion Angle, a storyline that lives in infamy among wrestling fans as a a big disaster, Patrick. 
I thought it was a success. Oh, of course. We're in the Gundarena, which is now the Quick and Loans Arena, which also happens to be the place where CM Punk had his one UFC fight last year. So a and then where the Cavs, uh, well, they didn't win the championship in Cleveland, but the home of the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland, Ohio. We're in front of 17,964 fans. Now, explain the invasion. Explain what set this up. Okay, so... In March, Vince McMahon bought WCW from AOL and Time Warner. Time Warner didn't want anything to do with wrestling, so they gave Vince McMahon a break, and he bought it. So he bought... For pennies on the dollar. For pennies on the dollar. He stole this company, and uh, and and so he bought his competition. There really is no other way to word it except for the way he actually did. Then they thought, well, we may have screwed up here because we need to have competition between both companies to make an, fantasy booking. And then right, so so then they decide to send in, you know, a, a man who I think is underrated as as Mike Awesome to be the very first one to walk into Madison Square Garden. And still in a hardcore match, the the uh, hardcore the WWE hardcore title, and that was the first shot in the invasion era. You know, after Shane bought it on Nitro, right? And so, and then you have Booker T come out next and put put Austin through a, through an announce table, and so, and I think, and you know, and then the wheels were in motion for then Paul Heyman and ECW to jump on board with WCW and so on and so forth. Vince doesn't buy everything that AOL Time Warner has because some of the contracts, the guaranteed contracts, Vince did not want to pick up. Well, that was a lot of money. So guys right. like, guy, that's true, guys like Goldberg. All the top talent. Guys like Goldberg, guys like Hogan, Scott Nash, Steiner, Steiner, Goldberg, Scott Hall, Sting. Sting. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, Flair. So had the invasion, okay, I already know where you're going with this. Had the invasion had that kind of talent backing it, would it would would it have been a better success? Oh yes, yes, a million times better, a million times. And so Vince doesn't pick up these guaranteed contracts, but he does pick up all these the undercard wrestlers. Well, with the exception of like Rey Mysterio Jr. So and even a, in and the a Booker un- T, because Booker T had worked his way off of the undercard status. Well, no, he picks up Booker T's contract. Well, that's what I'm saying. He had picked up, you know, he did pick up some stars in like... No, D- he picked up two, DDP and Booker T. Yeah. And that was it. And the rest of them, no, didn't pick them up. So he picks up all these undercard guys like Chavo Guerrero and Sugar Shane Helms and... Hugh Morris. Billy Kidman, Hugh Morris, Canyon, all these guys that are mid-carders in WCW. He does pick their contracts up. Yeah. So now he's got all this extra talent on the show, and the initial idea was to spin WCW off as a second brand, much like they've done now with SmackDown with and Raw. Raw and SmackDown, right. With the roster split. Right. So that was the idea, was to have one WCW show and one WWF show. They wanted to replace SmackDown with WCW, but UPN said, no, WCW's damaged goods, we don't want that. So then they had to rethink, okay, let's incorporate... WCW wrestlers into the show. Let's give them a segment of Raw. Buff Bagwell took on Booker T. In the main event Scott, of, the, of WWF Nitro. Well, they didn't rename it Nitro. They just said, this is WCW. And Arn Anderson and uh, what's your boy Scott's name from the commentary team? Scott Hudson. 
Scott Hudson and Arn Anderson call this match. Yeah, my bro Scott Hudson. It uh. bombs. They try it again on SmackDown with Sugar Shane Helms and Billy Kidman. And then with a, another match, it bombs again. So now they're like, now what the hell do we do? So now it's WCW is in actively invading us now. But then they realize we don't really have a lot of stars here with WCW because we got guys like Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo. So then they're like, well, let's take the guys we already had from ECW and form a, yeah, form a bigger faction. And so now Shane and WCW joins up with Paul Heyman and ECW, who incorporates Stephanie as their new owner for some reason. That was a way to work the angle of screwing over Vince. But yeah, go on. I just don't understand that was unnecessary. So we are off to we're off to a shaky start to begin with. Here's another big problem with, with the invasion angle. So you didn't get the top guys. You didn't get Sting. You didn't get Flair. You didn't get Goldberg. The list goes on. You didn't get Nash Hall, any of those guys. Now you start splitting hairs with who is on Team WWF and who is on the Alliance. Because now you've got guys like Chris Jericho who's on Team WWF. But had been on both WWF. You've got all these guys that have been on both sides. Right. And some guys had been in one longer than the other. Like Big Show. Big Show had been in WCW more and longer than WWE at the time. Haku, who had just who was Ming in WCW, came back over in January and was still on w- on Team WWF for some reason. Right. It just got very weird because now you have and you have ECW guys that had signed before ECW folded. Now they're defecting back to ECW. Like the Dudleys. But not all of them because Tajiri says he's Team WWF and Correct. it just gets so convoluted and complicated and messy. Yeah. This thing never had a I don't think it ever had a shot because you didn't, there was just no, there was no order to it all. Right. So anyway, this is the pay-per-view that basically starts the feud, right? Is that how you would describe it? Yeah, it, it, it starts it. And, and it ends at Survivor Series. And it ends at Survivor, it ends four months later at Survivor, three or four months, somewhere along that. It ends at Survivor Series, basically. In a winner-take-all match at Survivor Series, but right. tonight is the inaugural brawl. Correct. What a great name. For that him. is that actually is a good no, name. No, it's a stupid name. I love that. I it's like that. It's just a five on five tag match. Yeah, but I mean the inaugural brawl. That that is a but it's that not, is an NWA WCW throwback name, right? But there. it's not even the inaugural brawl because it's not the first match on the card, see? That's what I would think of as inaugural. Well, I think you're going by main event status. Okay. It's the inaugural brawl. So we're I'm he- with you though. We're here for WWF Invasion. Your pick. You picked this. You subjected us to this. So this is all your fault. It actually wasn't that bad. The Sunday night heat match that we didn't get to see was the Alliance's Chavo Guerrero. He took down WWF Scotty Too Hotty in six minutes forty three seconds. So technically WCW's t- up one. Well, you say W I'll get this confused a lot as well. The Alliance is Technically, WCW slash ECW, but right. I, I just kept referring to it as WCW. That, the night. That's the best way to do it. So, so yes, Team team Alliance is up one. Is up one, but to me, now the way I would keep score is that that didn't count because it's not on the main pay-per-view. Now, Shane later on counts it in his total, but yeah. I think, personally, it doesn't count. I think it had to count in his total for the... For, the, for it, to, for yes. the ending to to come out the way it was for him to but, justify, yes, yeah, because otherwise they would have ended 
tied. All right. We start out with an FDR montage. This is war, Patrick. Yes. And this is 2001. After September 11th, uh, you wouldn't be doing this promo before a wrestling show about no. about war. I mean, they took Raw's War was no longer Raw's War after September 11th. So, and this was July. Yeah, July. So, so right after the Fourth of July, I guess they so were. So you're in, coming up on two months before before the terrorist attacks and before. Yeah, and before we stop, I never think it's good to incorporate war into like actual war with wrestling. Right. I didn't like. Like that uh, WrestleMania that was all about the Iraq War with uh, Colonel Mustafa, with Slaughter and Hogan. When you're dealing with actual war, I think it's it's just stay away from that. PlayStation is the sponsor for tonight's show. Jr. and Michael Cole. Why didn't they have a WCW guy here? Why didn't they have? Why didn't they keep Scott Hudson or Arn Anderson? Because now it's it's not balanced. They We're only getting already, one side of the story. They had already Heenan was still under contract, so Heenan didn't come back. Yeah, they could have had Mean Gene. And well, Mean Gene was still making big money, so Mean Gene wasn't coming back. No, they yet. came back. They came back at WrestleMania, remember? They did the gimmick Battle Royal earlier that year. Oh. So they just they were just lazy. This is yeah. biased. Yeah. This is yeah. just, we're only going to get one side of the story tonight. That's all I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, I don't understand why they didn't have a, a Mike Tanay or a Scott Hudson. Or like a uh, Paul Heyman. You know, like he was already doing commentary before the invasion. I think Jr. hated working with him, but if he, they had put him there to be the voice of the alliance, even as shitty as it was going, at least you could ha- say, well, at least Heyman was good on com. At least you would have had dynamic. an argument of both sides. Yes, I, I'm with you. So those WWF marks, Jr. and Cole, they're gonna call this pay per view. Jerry Lawler still away from the company. Won't come back until after Survivor Series when his divorce from the cat is finalized. Jerry Lawler, who was on SmackDown tonight, yeah. doing a King's, King's Court with Dolph Ziggler. Did you see that tonight? I did not see that. Where Dolph Ziggler had the complaint about incorporating real war into wrestling. Dolph Ziggler brought up the fact that the night that Jerry Lawler had his heart attack in 2012, he was in a match with Jerry Lawler, and that Jerry Lawler took those... T- 10 elbow drops from Dolph Ziggler. So Dolph Ziggler implied that the strength of his 10 elbows gave Jerry Lawler that heart attack. Really? And that Jerry Lawler had the King's Court tonight just to show up to confront Dolph about this. So this was, wow, a real stretch for yeah. me. But anyway, that was the whole reasoning. That, for, that's a little They were too, in Memphis tonight. So right. They, they had but still, that's a little too far to, to yeah, I'm with you. Lance Storm, there was a nasty cut here to begin this night because... There was, yeah. This is the network version we both watched, watched, and their entrance, Lance Storm and Mike Awesome, they have no entrance. They just appear magically in the ring. Right. So I don't know what got cut out. What did we miss? I mean... They actually didn't want to play the music, Lance Storm's music Did he have, like, copyrighted music or something? He did, actually, yeah. But they could have dubbed over WCW... I think at the point in time they were still in, they were still fighting. You got to realize, man, there was a lot of paperwork battles still going on behind the scenes of two months ago. I just bought WCW, you know, so they still could have dubbed over it. It was just lazy. They cut around it. The entryway tonight is a V and each side has its own entrance patch. I know. I love that. But if you're going to go that far, they still are in the same locker room area. You know, they're still backstage. 
One's on one side, the other's on the okay, other. Okay, bullshit. You know? You have only... They still lines. pass each other in the hall. No, they don't. They'd see each other in the hallway. It's completely separate sides. Whatever. You have, just like you have a heels locker room and a baby's locker room, you have your, you know... It you should be on the heels. other sides of the building. Exactly. But it wasn't. Anyway, the, the ramp is a V for invasion, so it just yes. it all worked out just yes. perfectly. I didn't realize it till the end of the show, by the way, that they had separate entrances. So <laughs> it, it took really you this clued, long, really. Yeah, it, I didn't clue in until like the second to last match. So the giant screen with ECW, WCW on one side. I just thought that was decoration. WWF on the other, just completely. I just thought it was decoration. Okay, all right. Lance Storm tries to cut his, if I can be serious for a minute, promo, but he, he can't be. Edge no. and Christian cut him off. They're actually matching, which is something that I They liked. never did, Because, yeah, yeah, they really bo- bothered me about them. That's why I could never really get into them. And even though, okay, the Hardy Boys didn't match exactly. That's fine. But they wore the same kind of shit. But, like, yeah. Christian always had that little, uh, that top, that mesh top on yeah. and just totally different colored pants, yeah. totally different styles. That I just never liked that. But tonight, because they're... Because they're aligned for the WWF. They both wore red. So I was very happy about this. Christian is forced to carry Edge's King of the Ring Stanley Cup trophy. So yes. This is the beginning of the dissension, I believe, between Edge and Christian, which would lead to Christian's heel turn and split from, from Edge. I think Lita had a lot to do with that, too, just saying. Did she split them up? I think so. I think that whole, that whole well, Matt she Hardy was, thing. And- oh, no, that was later. That was much later. It was 2003. They were, Edge and Christian were split up before then. Absolutely. I don't know, bro. Edge hits a nice spinning head scissors on Lance Storm, followed by a missile drop kick. Edge drop kicks Mike Awesome off the ring apron, then back body drops Storm outside and onto Awesome. Edge gets down on all fours, and Christian tries to springboard off of him into a somersault plancha, but he slips as he's going off Edge's back and goes tumbling over the ropes. Really bad botch here. Awesome and Storm, though, fortunately, were there to catch him perfectly. So yeah. They saved him from being concussed, I believe, at or, the least. Or killed. Yeah. <laughs> Christian tags in and gets thrown outside by Storm, so while he's out there, Awesome rams his back into the ring and then into the guardrail. So then Storm and Awesome decide to work over Christian's midsection and his back, so that's the story of this match. Christian stops Storm with a crossbody, but this hurts... Christian even more because his midsection is is what hurts, so why would he use that as a weapon? I don't know. Awesome tags in and hits an Alabama slam on Christian for a two count. That was ugly, too. Nasty, yeah. That was nasty. Awesome hits a frog splash. A big man like Mike Awesome doing a frog splash. Hits a frog splash on Christian, but Edge breaks up the count. Awesome sets Christian up for a top rope awesome bomb, but Christian reverses out of it. Edge gets the hot tag and Storm tags in. He hits an Edge-O-Matic on Storm for a two count. Then Awesome tags in. Christian hits a top turnbuckle double clothesline on the WCW guys. Then Edge spears Awesome. Lance super kicks Edge and Awesome covers, but Edge kicks out at two from the super kick. Awesome sets up Edge for a running Awesome bomb, but Christian spears him. Edge falls on top and Edge and Christian get the win. In 10 minutes, 10 seconds. And the WWF goes up one to nothing on the main card of this pay-per-view. Correct. What did you think about this match? I thought it was a good match. It was a good start. It was a good, you know, kickoff to the pay-per-view. Good opener. All yeah. these 
all these Canadian guys, they all know each other. They've all worked together before. So, yeah, it was it was simple. But the story of the match was really Christian getting his ass kicked the entire match. Yeah. Edge getting all the shine. I mean, he was the king of the ring, so it was pretty obvious who the company was going to choose. Why? Here's my question. Why do you think Mike Awesome didn't? stay after this pay-per-view with WWE. Why do you... Because it was literally after this pay-per-view, the very next day, practically, Vince said, uh, we no longer need you. I think he was just had attitude problems. I mean, he did come back for one night stand in 2005, so... Right. I just think he didn't get along with people, and he was very reckless in the ring. Even if he had stayed, they would have had to tone him down, tone yeah. his style down, because he's a very reckless guy. Right. Very fun to watch, but very dangerous. I mean, people... Because I, I love to watch Mike Awesome. So yeah, but... That was that was one thing. I made a side note here to ask you what your opinion was on it. So. And also, I think that he, for a big man, he doesn't wrestle the style of big man that they like. They right. like a big man to wrestle like a big man, and they don't want you to go up and do frog splashes and do high-flying stuff. And that's, that's what Mike Awesome did. That's why Bam Bam Bigelow was such a unique character. That's yeah, a big and I, man that could do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I mean, when they let the big... Like, when they let Kane do a clothesline off the top rope, it's awesome, you know? Yeah. like, But they don't... They just don't like that with big yeah. guys. They want Braun Strowman to stand in the middle of the ring and just guys bounce off of them, you know? Yeah. I, even if he had stayed, it just wouldn't... They wouldn't have pushed him because if you're over six... Nine, you need to stand still, basically. Right. We go backstage to see Vince celebrating. He's on the board. Commissioner Regal arrives to tell him that Stone Cold and Deborah just arrived. The Did, old Stone Cold. The old Stone Cold, not the singing cowboy no, Stone Cold. Not no, the one no, that gives hugs, yeah. Jokes are over. Playtime's over. And he asks if he should go get him. Yes, yes. Edge and Christian reek of awesomeness. Damn right. Come on in. McMahon. Yeah, did you just see that? Yeah, huh? yes. That's the way you started wonderful. invasion. Wonderful, yes. That's the spirit. I just thought I'd inform you that Stone Cold Steve Austin and Miss Deborah have just arrived. Would you like me whoa, to... Whoa, whoa, The old Stone Cold. Oh, yes. Yeah. Drinking and smashing people. Uh-huh. Would you like me to go and inform him to come? You know, given the abduction of Deborah and all of that, you know, and I know the frame of mind that Stone Cold is in, why don't we just give him a little bit of space at the moment, all right? But you should be thinking about your match with Raven. I cannot believe that that punchy little toe rag would even even dare challenge me. I mean, I'm the commissioner. What is he thinking? I don't know what he's no thinking, but, but all you have to do is to go out and do exactly what George Washington did to King George's redcoats in the Revolutionary War. Absolutely smear them, bloody them up. That's all you've got to do. Maybe that was a bad example, but you understand. But Vince says, you know, with Deborah's abduction and all, we should give them some space. Now, it turns out DDP abducted Deborah on an episode of SmackDown. So that's. Yeah, what... earlier that week, actually. So I was confused. It wasn't until later on that they explained that. So without watching that, I, I didn't know what they were talking about. Right. You, William Regal, you should be thinking about your match with Raven. Don't underestimate Raven. Vince says, go out there and do like George Washington did to the Redcoats and bloody them up. Great analogy. That is, especially to for tell an Englishman. a Britishman. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they, then he corrects himself and says, maybe not quite like that. Yeah. But this is your ma- I, This is why you picked this show. It is actually this next match. The screen for this match. The look on Nick Patrick's face, as it is the battle of the referees. Yes. 
And referee Patrick Young, this must hold a special place. This is like it, your mega powers explode. It is. This is you have the the head referee in WCW, Nick Patrick, taking on the head referee in WWE in Earl Hepner. He's a head official. A head in official. WWF. Yes, we have to call it official. We're we we keep it classy in the WWF. They're officials. Yeah. WCW, they're referees. Right. So, so yes, yeah, a heel versus heel matchup, really, if you think about it. These yeah. two guys, two of the most hated refs ever, you know, for different reasons, of course. Right. Well, Nick I'm Patrick. Not, you, hate, his, you hate Nick Patrick. His three count is just the worst. Yeah. Re- I, regardless of his storyline, you know, with the NWO, that's, I can forgive that. I can overlook that. You know, people, people turn face and heel all the time, but his three count is the sloppiest three count I've ever seen. Earl Hebner's a 10 times better referee at counting to three. Earl Hebner is the second greatest referee of all time. Oh, you're right. You're under, right. under me. <laughs> yeah, in your rankings, in the official rankings. Yeah, and also, Nick Nick Patrick, I mean, how can you screw up counting to three? But he managed to do it. <laughs> that takes talent. Mick Foley will be the special guest referee. This was unannounced. Yeah, if there's anybody that you can who can call it right down the middle and you can trust and believe... To referee a match with referees, it's it's Mick Foley. Is the perennial guest referee. Yes. He has probably been special guest referee more than any other superstar. I, I would second that, yes. Other than like the wrestling referee, dangerous, Danny Davis. right? Yes. That, that is true. So this was unannounced. He got a huge reaction from this he guy. They were pop. so happy to see him. Yeah, he did. Nick Patrick, without his signature goatee, he looks odd without any facial hair, by the way. He comes out to his generic rock theme. They gave all the WCW refs white polos. Why would they change the w- the WCW classic boxing ref look was pretty special. Yeah, the, the, the bow blue. tie and the blue button down. and Yeah. They gave him shitty white polo shirts with that, with that WWF-style WCW logo on it. And black pants. No stripes. No stripes. Look terrible. Then Earl comes out to equally shitty rock music, and each are accompanied by their respective referee cronies. Correct. Yeah. uh, Earl comes out with the WWF guys, and Nick comes out with Little Nate and some other WCW refs that I did not recognize. Those were the only two WCW refs that I recognized from their crowd there was more but yeah earl shoves nick and nick slaps him earl throws nick into the corner and stomps a mud hole into nick patrick and covers him for two it turns into a cat fight for a few seconds earl falls outside and the wwf refs roll him back in get back in there earl defend our honor earl defends some large forearms then mounts nick in the corner for the 10 count punches man this is domination yeah earl is not earl is kicking ass yeah Nick low blows Earl Hebner right in front of Mick Foley, but Foley ignores it. So a little bit of favoritism to the WCW ref. They both go outside and the WWF refs and the WCW refs brawl. And then Foley, he he changes back and injects the WCW guys right after letting the low blow go. Nick Patrick loses his cool on Mick Foley and yells at him for this. Why did you send my friends away? Then Earl Hebner delivers the worst spear splash <laughs> I've ever seen from a non-female wrestler and gets the three in two minutes and 50 seconds. A spear slash 
Splash. It was like he just <laughs> ran directly into it. Yeah, he did. JR calls it bowling shoe ugly, and he was right. <laughs> the WWF goes up two to nothing on this pay-per-view. Yes, and and for for referees everywhere, this was our chance to shine. The, and what did you? How did you think they represented your field? It was pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> it was only two minutes fifty seconds. So. It, it was pretty rough. It was. I mean, no, it was a. It was a good gimmick match, and uh, the crowd was excited. The crowd for it. was excited, and and it's something you haven't seen since, or you know, or yeah, so. for good reason. Nick Patrick I mean, complains to Mick Foley, who then decks him with a big right hand and gets Mister Sacco out, and I'll rub it in the WCW guy's face. Nick Patrick gets the mandible claw, and Mick Foley gets a huge reaction for this. And yep. there you go, WCW buried. The ref is buried. If they're burying the ref, that doesn't bode well for the rest of the roster. <laughs> we get a WWF Tough Enough promo. This is the first season of Tough Enough, the one that Maven and Jackie Gata win. And this episode of Tough Enough that they promote is them going to a strip club or something. Yeah, I did not see. I never watched Tough Enough. Did you watch? Oh, any of I Tough watched. Enough? Yeah, all of season one. That was the only one that I watched every single episode okay. for. So I never watched a single season of Tough Enough. So I never knew exactly what. You watched it when uh, Big John from South Carolina or whatever his name was wanted a few years ago. Like the the revival of Stone Cold. You watched. Yeah, I did watch that one. I, yeah, you're and correct. The, and the, nothing ever happens with these guys. No. Except, I mean, Maven eliminating the Undertaker in that Rumble is the only thing that these. Well, yeah, and he beated the Undertaker. He beat the Undertaker for the for the Hardcore title, and so that was. If if you win tough enough, you you're not going to make it. But if you're in the show like the Miz or Josh Matthews here, you will have a long career. Right. But you can't win. Don't win <laughs> tough enough. That's the goal. Being tough enough, but do not win. JR and Cole tease the inaugural brawl tonight. It's a five-on-five main event. We get DDP, Booker T, Rhino, and the Dudleys taking on Austin, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, and Bod, the Brothers of Destruction. DDP kidnapped Deborah on SmackDown, which lured Austin into the parking lot brawl between the Alliance and WWF, and he chased DDP out when he stole a limo to chase down another limo. Hey, Austin! The old! What I have in here, it's your wife, Deborah. Yeah, you want her? Come get her. If this was WCW, we would have had a helicopter follow the limos across town to find out what happened. But there you go. That's the story of Deborah and Austin on SmackDown. Then we go backstage, and oh, here's a throwback: Sarah Taker. Yes. Are you okay? think I'm okay. I mean, considering last Thursday night, Diamond Dallas Page locks me in the trunk of that car, drives me around the arena, and then just leaves me, leaves me on the corner. I, well, I guess I'm okay if you think about it. You know, nobody knows Page better than I do. And you want to know something? Not only is he a pervert, he's psycho, too. I just know one thing. I can't wait for Steve to tear him from limb to limb tonight. I can't wait. I'd like to do that myself. But after Mark gets through with him tonight, there's going to be nothing left. Diamond Dallas Page. I hope you're so right. Undertaker's former wife, well, current wife at this time, Sarah, is backstage with Deborah, two ex-wives of pro wrestlers, hanging out backstage. 
Deborah is quite upset with her coffee and and just was yeah. getting abducted. Yeah, well, first it was the coffee, and then it was the getting abducted in that order. Yeah, it ranks one two. You know, you yeah. get abducted, you get bad coffee. It's understandable. Right. Sarah tells Deborah that DDP's a psycho and a pervert. Really, the DDP that we knew. Really? Yeah, I don't know DDP to be a Another pervert. mistake that WWF made. They took one of the biggest baby faces in WCW and, and tried to convince us. Yeah. This loyal crowd that had followed his career that this guy is a scumbag. Yeah. And he's a pervert, even though he's married to one of the hottest women on the planet, you know, Kimberly Page. Like, Yeah, at this time, he really was. And, he, and, and yet he wants to, you know, mess around with Sarah Taker who is a, an attractive woman, but no Kimberly Page. Sorry. Sorry, Taker. She says, after Mark gets through with him, she calls oh, Undertaker wow. by his yeah. real first name. Yeah. Man, this Undertaker character, I hate Biker Taker. And this is just highlights <laughs> how oh, bad Biker Taker is. Yeah. You know, they don't let this guy go to Hall of Fame. You know, they try to protect this character so much. But here we go. It's his wife calling him Mark. Yeah. Tonight when Mark gets through a DDP, there won't be anything left of DDP. Mark. Yeah. That that's that's a rough. You go from the phenom to Mark. Mark. It's quite a demotion. Up next, Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo will meet the APA. It's it's champions versus champions here. The APA give the WWF guys a rallying cry. They fire up the troops in the back before this match. O'Hare and Palumbo had jumped the Hardys on SmackDown, but end up in this fight for some reason. It's the APA taking up the fight for the Hardys for some reason. The APA put them through tables, and then the APA got jumped at WWF New York. So O'Hare and Palumbo made the trip to New York City just to jump these guys. That's how dedicated they were to... I would have done the same thing. Jumping the... A- Why? You know, what security guard at WWF New York let the WCW guys in? They should have been turned away at the door. That that's that's like later on when you have Bob Holly. That oh yes yes <laughs> and that great thing coming up later. Champions versus champions. No titles on the line though. APA out first. Palumbo and O'Hare run to the ring, and Finkel doesn't have enough time to announce them. Finkel's still calling uh announcing here. Yeah, announcing the WCW guy. When they missed their, they should have gotten David Penzer or your guy Gary Michael Capetta. Yeah, I think Gary Capetta would have been awesome for this. Bradshaw and the WCW guys exchange stiff strikes and chops. Nothing really happens here except strikes. Bradshaw lights up Palumbo in the corner. I hate Bradshaw. He's just such an <laughs> asshole. He's just doing this. He's a bull. He's a locker room bully. He he's really laying in these these. Some he of wants these, to teach these, these young yeah. punks a lesson. He he's really probably is, not that much older than these guys. He's laying some of these clotheslines and and fists in. He does hit a nice fallaway slam on Palumbo. Then O'Hare super kicks Bradshaw and hits an inverted Death Valley driver slam. Kind of looked like the uh, attitude adjustment. Farouk is tagged in. He calls spots very loudly. Like I, Some people hear spot calling better in pay-per-views, but Farouk here was just shouting what to do yeah. in the match. Eventually, Bradshaw and Palumbo get the hot tags. Palumbo kicks out of a power slam by Bradshaw. O'Hare lifts Bradshaw up. And Palumbo drop kicks him into the turnbuckle out of O'Hare's arms in a very cool double team move. But Palumbo gets distracted by Farouk. Bradshaw hits the clothesline from hell and gets the win. In 7-17, and the WWF is up three to nothing. 
What'd you think of this match? It was a good match. I think it showcased Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare in in more of a a defensive light. It showed them because in WCW they were all, they were just straight offense, go in there, kick ass, take names. This showed them more of a that they were more real well rounded, which then led for Palumbo to go on to have a thing with uh with with Billy Kidman or I mean uh, Billy Gunn. Vince is backstage with Y2J and Vince and Y2J talk about the main event. The idea I imagine here is that Y2J could turn on the WWF. I think that's what the... They wanted you to think that there was somebody was going to turn. There was a chance, yes. Because Vince has to confront these guys. Yeah. And, you know, Vince brings up that Y2J, you know, worked in WCW, but then he says he also worked in ECW and then cuts a big promo on Paul Heyman. And then Vince gets to do Y2J's never be the same again catchphrase. Well, if your boss says, I need to do your catchphrase, I guess you have no choice, right? You just let him do it, yeah. Then we go backstage to Steph and Shane, and they're with Billy Kidman, the cruiserweight champion who actually won the title on an episode of SmackDown because Gregory Helms, Shane Helms, came in with the belt. But they said, nah, nah, you're not ready. And they sent him to developmental, so took the belt off him on an episode of SmackDown. Paul begs Billy to win this match. He really needs to win this match. <laughs> and Billy just tells us he's going to show us why X-Pac sucks. X-Pac is out to his X-Factor Uncle Cracker theme song. Yo, you dealing with the X-Factor. I got everything I ever Yo. wanted and I'll never Yo. give that back. Yo. Oh, I know you hated that X-Factor. Factor, but you ain't got to look at me like that. I said you ain't got to look at me like that. Why did they keep calling X-Pac X-Pac after DX broke up? Why wouldn't you change his name? What are they going to call him? 123Kid again? <laughs> they could just, <laughs> I 123Man. Mean, yeah. I don't know. It's just odd, you know? If you're if you're named after a stable, you need to start thinking about your career because that's not going to be there forever. Like, if you were in the Four Horsemen, your name was Doug Horse, you know? Yeah. You need to start thinking about what to do. When this thing's over, he is the light heavyweight champion for some reason. X Pac, and the crowd hates his guts. They boo his ass they, yeah. all the way to the ring. X Pac sucks left and right. Jr. mentioned he's only twenty nine. He looks much older than that in two thousand one. Yeah, man. Some some hair plugs would have helped him out. He he had. The drugs and the drinking had really took a toll on him by this point in time. Billy Kidman is out next to his terrible sounding WCW theme. It almost sounds like like the tape got stuck in the machine or so the quality is so yeah. bad on his yeah. theme song. He no longer wears his signature white wife beater, and I think that's a mistake. You know, why change his look? He's had this look forever. I mean, before he was, you know, seven-year itch man with the dirty shirt. He's got the yeah. clean shirt. Now he just doesn't have one at all, and he wears oversized wrestling shorts. He's got, like, mom jeans waistline where he's got the belly tucks into the shorts shorts. Yes. Not a good look. X-Pac suck chants start immediately. Neither title on the line for this match, by the way. And X-Pac gets heavily booed. JR mentions X-Factor broke up because Just Incredible joined the alliance. See, when I talk about random why did you join the alliance like just incredible like why would he join the alliance why would he what's his reasoning for that 
Well, it's a lot better than being Juan, Xbox. Juan Pablo Ooh, Montoya or whatever he was earlier. And oh, that's what he should. If he, that's what they. <laughs> that should have been the stipulation. Or Paul is, Montoya or whatever the hell they called him. Aldo and, Montoya. Aldo Montoya. There you go. Yeah. They should have had Vince going to him and saying, "You want to be on Team WWF? Put this on." Yeah. And then he joined. Then he joins the ECW. alliance. Yeah. X Factor is already broken up, despite having. Two champions, because a stunner later on tonight on who's the Intercontinental title holder. <laughs> I didn't realize that he actually even held the title. Kidman hits a Hurricane Rana followed by an Inseguri, which sends X-Pac outside, so he slides through the ropes and throws X-Pac for, uh, face first towards the ring mats. We get a flying head scissors by Kidman, and then X-Pac chucks Kidman outside. X-Pac crossbodies Kidman from the top turnbuckle to a chorus of boos. Onto the mats below. X-Pac sucks chance again, and X-Pac puts Kidman in a headlock for ages. I noticed a WWF official's calling these matches. It's not evenly broken up between WCW ref and WWF refs. It's just random. Yeah, it's a random coin toss in the back to determine each individual match. Kidman counters an X-Pac powerbomb into an X-Factor, so X-Pac takes his own finisher, but kicks out it too. I mean, he does know the move. Kidman tries a top rope shoulder block, but gets countered into an X-Factor, but Kidman kicks out. I guess Kidman knows his move, too. X-Pac calls for the Bronco Buster to a chorus of boos, but Kidman holds his foot up to block him, which should be a DQ because it kicks him in the balls. Well, that's just a block. How else is he going to block him? We get the Shooting Star Press, which is still still looks awesome. Yeah. And Kidman gets the win in 7 minutes and 12 seconds. That is, I want to take a second. That That is the best shooting star press ever. It's beautiful. There's not a single, uh, there's not another person in wrestling that, that can pull that move off better than him. No, it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it literally looks like he's just floating through air as he does it. It's Well, and he doesn't elevate, like, he doesn't jump super high off the turnbuckle, so it yeah. actually looks really dangerous, too, because he just sort of comes off of it, like, evenly with the right. ring and... Right. Yeah. Well, I remember when he used to do it off the ring mat and stuff. I mean, that. Yeah. It's crazy. What'd you think of this match? Uh, it was a good match, actually. One of Xbox's better matches, I think. You know, all the other heels on Team WWF get treated sort of like faces, but people just hate Xbox so much and they love Billy Kidman that. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do. Like, well, I mean, they're going to love you when you're, when you're married to Tori Wilson. So, you know, they weren't married, but that's fine. They were dating. We go back, and now she's dating Alex Rodriguez still. They've been together a long time. Really? We go backstage, and DDP tells Steph, Shane, and Paul E. Dangerously how hot Deborah is. And they say, (laughs) yeah, he tries to sell us on the idea that Deborah's attractive. (laughs) And they say, hey, man, get focused. We got a main event tonight. (laughs) Then we go backstage to Tori and Stacy. Well, the women's, the Divas Revolution has come a long way because Tori... Just talks about her boobs, and Stacy talks about her ass. They both want to have sex with the Hardy Boys. Your breasts and my ass. My legs go from here all the way up to here. And no one looks better in panties than me, especially Lita. The only way I could look better would be to be wearing none at all. But since the audience isn't going to see it, I think there might be two people that we could give a private showing to. Mm. 
Maybe after the show we can give a private viewing to Matt and Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. You know they want us. <laughs> that was the entire That really was. You literally promo. tied that entire promo together in three seconds. Raven is out next to represent ECW. Here's another guy that he could take. Why, why did he join? Why did he stay? We don't know. He joined Team ECW and Commissioner Regal. Why did he stay with Team WWF? He was the commissioner. Oh, he got the good job. Doesn't yeah. want to leave that good job. All right. And that's why Tajiri stayed was because Tajiri was the assistant. The assistant, yeah. Who is the face between Raven and Steven Regal? Raven. Dad, they're both heels, I think. Anyway. That's what was unique about this pay-per-view is you really didn't have heel and baby. The idea was that you'd get behind all the WWF guys. I right. Guess. Regal lands a double underhook suplex on Raven. He delivers a lot of European uppercuts and forearms to Raven. They toss each other out of the ring a few times. Raven Russian leg sweeps Regal into the barrier. I hear a boring chant, a faint boring chant. The crowd is completely dead for this match. And this match is proddingly slow. Getting really slow here. Raven hits a bulldog that Regal refuses to bump for. He sells it on his knee. Regal suplexes out of Raven's DDT attempt. Then Taz runs down while the ref is checking on Raven. Taz suplexes William Regal. Then Raven DDTs him. And Raven, well, a rare Raven win in the WWF in 6 minutes, 34 seconds. Why did Taz join the alliance? He was a trainer on Tough Enough, so he had a good job with the company too. So Yeah. What'd you think of this shitty match? It, it was shitty. Very disappointing because I expect way more from these two guys. From William Regal especially. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bat it's a stylistic mismatch because yeah. Raven is a brawler. Raven's a brawler and, and Regal's and Lee, a mat wrestler. Well yeah, he's more Yeah, this I match went never go- had a fucking chance. I went going into it with low expectations and <laughs> they delivered. They yeah. But this six man tag Yeah. I didn't really expect to be what it ended up being. So, I mean. Regal's snarled face as Raven walks away was pretty funny, though. He had great facials here. The Alliance is now catching up on this pay-per-view card. It's 3-2. to two. Yes. With Chavo's win, if you count that earlier, it's all tied up. Vince is backstage with Bod, the Brothers of Destruction, and Sarah Taker. Vince reminds them of why they hate the Alliance. He just says, remember DDP stole your wife? Remember they the Dudleys beat you up? Yeah. That's all there is to it. Then it's time for a six-man tag. Big Show is out with a shirt that says Big Show and an arrow pointing down to his dick. He's wearing a dick joke for a t-shirt. He's looking pretty fat here. This is right before he gets sent back down to OVW. Big the, Show went to OVW? Mm-hmm. They, he's the only guy that gets demoted and then comes back. They did it to him a couple of times. Really? Because he was gaining too much weight, and they said, you got to get you got to get some help. Yeah. And so they sent him down and brought him back up later on, and then they sent him down again. Like uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so this is towards the end of before the first time, I think, that they sent him down there. The one Billy Gunn is out to join him. It's the Shoguns, Patrick, one of your... Favorite tag teams. They are. And then here we go. The surprise of the night. The Intercontinental Champion. Is Prince Albert. (laughs) Matt Bloom. Somehow, I thought he might have found it in the garbage like... uh, Or he had stole it like R-Truth or something. He found it in the garbage like... uh, What's his name? 
Jim Duggan found uh, the WCW TV title in the garbage one time, and I kind of thought that uh, that that's how Prince Albert found this belt, but he actually he won it from Kane. Uh, he won it from Kane when DDP interfered, and so I guess gave Kane a diamond cutter, I guess trying to get to Undertaker. And so that's how... He's held it for a month, though. He's already had this belt for a month. So this is how far the Intercontinental title had fallen. Is wow. Prince fucking Albert has it. Then they're up against the, the job squad here of WCW. Sean Stasiak, Canyon, and Hugh Morris. They all come out running together. Hugh Morris is described as up and coming. This guy's been wrestling now. I mean, this is 2001. He's been in WCW for six years. He's still an up and comer in JR and Michael Cole's opinion. This kid's going to be something big. <laughs> yeah, well, he was something big. <laughs> the big jerk. The three WWF guys press slam all the WCW guys. I thought Stasiak wore trunks that said meat because it's as a callback to his old character, but yeah. it actually just said Mecca. Like he's the Mecca of a man, I guess. I don't I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I didn't understand him. Charles Robinson is the ref for this match. My what? only note is that it was a disorganized mess. Yeah. Stasiak, Scorpion Death drops Billy Gunn, rolls Hugh Morris onto him, and the WCW guys somehow get the win in 424. Big Show didn't even tag in for this match. He got annihilated on the outside of the ring, but the camera missed what happened to him. And so, yeah, the Alliance pulls even on this card. Three to three. Yeah. Or, technically, four to three if you count the Sunday Night Heat. Yeah. Big Show, I said, didn't get into the match, but the WWF guys get all their heat back. Well, Big Show gets all the heat back because he gets in the ring, choke slams two of the guys, and then alley oops the third. The alley oop was a really shitty looking move, by the way. Yeah, I'm glad he cut that from his. From He's his had a lot move. of bad finishing moves. The whole big leg over your throat and then sitting down like yeah. the sit that that was bad. Too. I hate his yeah. punch, man. I hated his punch with Floyd. I hate that. That's so lazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're. Six foot four or seven foot four and five hundred and some odd pounds. I, I, a punch I can believe is actually going to be devastating. This alley oop was just crap. I mean, come on. He just you know? chucked him over. Yeah, but not even in a violent way. Like, no, yeah, he just picks him up for a power bomb and just falls back. But like, gently. Yeah. Backstage, Shane tells Booker T that they're up four and three because he is counting the Chavo win from earlier. Doesn't matter what the score is. He says the inaugural brawl. That's what's important. That's what matters. Booker says he owns all those guys in the main event. His WCW title, by the way, I looked at it, didn't have a nameplate on it. Not a good sign if you're the WCW champion. And really? Nameplate. I did not notice that. Tajiri is with w- William Regal, and Regal says, go out there and beat up Taz and do it for the WWF. And that's that. Yeah. Taz is out first for ECW. Taz didn't bother even wearing tights for this. He's in his windbreaker pants and a button-up sleeveless shirt and sunglasses. He's only been there a year, and he blew up. Like, I mean, yeah. totally gave up on wrestling. I guess just too many injuries and stuff, But because you know Taz was awesome in ECW, but his WWF run stinks. They offered him that job as commentator, and yeah. he's like, well, hell, I could do make the same amount of money and not get hurt, so screw yeah, it. good deal. Tajiri, the Japanese buzzsaw, is out next. Why is he with WWF, Patrick? Because, like I said, he's the assistant to the commissioner. He had a good job. He had a good job. Tajiri hits a standing moonsault for a two-count. Taz suplexes him across the ring. We get Tim White. He's calling this match. 
Taz and Tajiri, Michael Cole brings up, these guys fought for the ECW title back in 1999. This is how far they've fallen. They were fighting for a title in a major promotion, you know, the world title. Mm-hmm. And here they are on the mid card. Taz tries an arm bar, but Tajiri gets to the ropes. Taz hits an Alabama slam on Tajiri that bounced his head against the mat with a thud. A very violent. Yeah, that was, that was ugly. Tajiri locks in the tarantula, but Taz gets to be let go because it's an illegal move. I don't like finishers that are illegal, Patrick. Well, you're tied up in the ropes. You have a five count to... Which I like the fact that the ref waited until he completely locked it in to start his five count, though. Because technically, if he didn't, he wouldn't have even got it locked in before he had to let it go. Why? So. You, I just hate finishing moves that are illegal, blatantly. I think the tarantula, though, is an awesome move. It's cool, yeah. It's awesome to look at, but if it's if you can't use it... I mean, now I think it's legal, right? Now they let you tap out to that. No. No? Ropes. I'm not really... Sh- I'm pretty sure he's won with that move before. Well, yeah. And, so and you and can like submit notice, in less like, than five it, seconds? Like, Well, yeah. If he submits in less than five seconds, then yeah, he wins. But <laughs> It's very... Great, but I mean, but like uh, Gold Dust has shattered dreams, where he just kicks you in the balls in the corner. <laughs> that should be a DQ. Yeah, I, but, no, but that was his finishing. Move. Yeah, I do agree. I do agree. Yeah, Tajiri hits some high impact kicks, but gets suplexed by Taz. Tajiri blows the green mist in Taz's eyes, and unlike Lex Luger, who's immune to green mist in the eyes, <laughs> pins him in five minutes forty three seconds. So technically. We're tied up now at four and four apiece because the Alliance and the WWF are anyway, but it's really four to three. Really? Uh, yeah. Hold on. What? Exactly. It was, hold on. <laughs> Let me go back to the count. It was four and three because of Sunday night heat. Right. Okay. So this made up for it. This made it four to four. So it was tied up already without the Sunday night heat match. So it was three to three. So now the WWF technically took the lead here. Yes. Okay. Anyway, it gets confusing. Just like the entire invasion storyline. The Hardys are backstage. Unbroken Matt tells brother Nero that RVD is dangerous. (laughs) And RVD, sure enough, comes around the corner and attacks Matt with a chair. Yeah. He was right. He called his own shot. And Jeff calls him uh, bastard and how dare you, you bastard and... Yeah, and then RVD just (laughs) runs away. That's it. Okay, here's your favorite cutscene of the night. We go to WWF New York, where everyone there is enjoying Invasion pay-per-view. This was hilarious. And Hardcore Holly is there signing autographs, but a guy in a WCW shirt walks up, and Bob Holly... Rips the shirt off of him. You can't really tell, dumbass. <laughs> this isn't WCW New York. This is WWF New York. Walks up, rips his shirt off, and the guy like grabs his titties like he's, oh my God, and runs off like a little girl. It was quite funny. Yeah, he kicks him out. What a jerk. That guy probably bought that WCW shirt at WWF New York. <laughs> he probably did. Well, he's a plant. But because I don't think they would really let Hardcore Holly attack a fan. 
Also, how disappointing is it when you go to WWF New York and the guy signing autographs is just Hardcore Holly? That's all they say. Well, first of all, Hardcore Holly is awesome. Oh, fuck that, man. No. Hard Bob Holly is fucking... sell me on that. I am because... He's a locker room bully like fucking... Whatever, man. Bob Holly is a badass. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) What they did to Daniel Pewter is bullshit, man. That's fucked up. What they did to Daniel Pewter? Beat his ass in that Royal Rumble. Daniel Pewter, I think, was his name. I'm pretty sure that was his name. He was this guy on Tough Enough on, okay. like, season two or three. Okay. And one of the nights, while Tough Enough was going on, they, on SmackDown, they let, for whatever reason, Kurt Angle was out there in the ring, and they let these Tough Enough guys go in the ring with Kurt Angle. And Kurt Angle said, which one of you guys is tough, you know, tough enough to fight me right here, like, legit shoot fight me in this fucking ring and so daniel pewter raises his hands like okay i'll do it and he puts kurt angle in an arm bar and almost snapped kurt angle's arm in an arm bar <laughs> really yes this guy that's not, <laughs> because yeah kurt angle didn't expect this guy to have any skill he right put him in an arm bar right and luckily kurt angle was smart enough to roll the guy over and the ref did a fast count and save Kurt Angle's arm from being broken. Well, this didn't sit well with fucking Bradshaw and Hardcore Holly and Benoit and Guerrero and all those fucking locker room bullies in the back. And so this guy, this tough enough guy, they let him go to the Royal Rumble, and in the middle of the Royal Rumble, they shoot on him and beat the fuck out of him. In the Benoit, Hardcore Holly, and Guerrero just beat the fuck out of this guy in the really? middle of the ring to teach him a fucking lesson. Because really? Because he, res- he was supposed to know to just get his ass kicked by Kurt Angle in the middle of the ring. That's just bullshit. I have not seen this. I need to look this up. Yeah, I'll I'll send it to you on Facebook. Uh, not cool, man. Like I don't like that shit. I don't like that macho. Yeah. They real. I mean, it's it's entertainment. You know, right. they're they're perform. They're coworkers. You know. So ne- out next is Rob Van Dam. He's out to his one of a kind instrumental version no lyrics it's before it got the lyrics that sucks why is rvd tim alliance his whole gimmick in ecw was he's the whole fucking show he's too good for ecw but here he is joining up with team ecw jeff hardy is the hardcore champion and the belt patrick is on the line oh my goodness there's some stakes in this match so the prestigious hardcore title is the only title that'll be defended here tonight yes and this is the match. Yes. Luckily, this really delivered. This is match of the night. Oh, yeah. This is without a doubt match of the night. This, Our, this is, if I would say this is one of the best hardcore matches of all time. Yes. that In the in the WWF. Yeah. Hardcore division. Yeah. Because this wasn't just a plunder match. Right. This actually had skill and talent mixed in. RVD chance breakout. The crowd goes nuts for RVD, and they also go nuts for Jeff Hardy. They love these guys. So this is a face-versus-face match, basically. Jeff scores with an inverted atomic drop, but then eats a standing moonsault for a two-count. RVD hits a double underhook inverted suplex and then hits the rolling thunder on Jeff. Cole compares RVD to Neo from The Matrix, so there's your dated reference for 2001. Jeff shoves RVD off the top turnbuckle to the ringside barrier and follows it up with a dropkick through the ropes. He tries to walk the guardrail to clothesline RVD, but RVD throws him into the crowd. They go out into the crowd and fight on another barricade where RVD moonsaults off of this 
interior barricade. As he jumps up there, there's, there's a little kid in a blue shirt taking, like, trying to grab his camera and take a picture. Well, RVD is using him for balance, and the kid falls. And so RVD last minute throws that moonsault, or he was going to face plant the hell into those those uh, fans. And so ECW chants start breaking out. The only time we hear ECW chants on a show where there are actually, you know, people billed as ECW stars. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they didn't bring the WCW hardcore title over, so that won't be uh, defended. RVD lays Jeff over the barrier and hits his signature 360 leg drop off the ring to Hardy, who's draped over the ringside barrier. Looked beautiful. RVD chants go again, and then he takes a bow for to, for the audience. Really great stuff from RVD. Jeff hits a violent sunset flip powerbomb on RVD, who is standing on the apron. He gets powerbomb thudded on the mat. Very painful looking. One of the toughest bumps of the night. Jeff finds happens to just, oh, there's a 16-foot ladder that happens to be under the ring. You never know when you need those, right, Patrick, when there's no ladder matches on yeah, the Yeah, I mean, you know, a ladder under the ring for no reason is always a good idea to have. He climbs the ladder and poses, but RVD runs into the ring and he tries to knock the ladder over, and he does eventually get it to fall over. Jeff thuds onto the ramp. Which JR quips, where do you learn to fall off a 20-foot ladder? Which is used in those don't try this at home clips that they aired for years. Right. RVD goes and gets a chair. Jeff hits RVD with the top of the ladder and then takes the chair from him and whacks him in the back with it. RVD hits the Van Daminator and knocks Jeff through the middle of the V, which has a convenient spot to fall. Yeah, there's down. it's just concrete floor. And so, yes... Uh, Knocks him to the through the middle of the V. I think that was a good. I think that was a good spot to kind of work that in. You know? Great use of the set. Yeah, yeah. They head back to the ring, and RVD hits a Van Daminator on Jeff, who was in the corner. RVD tries his split-legged moonsault, but Jeff blocks it and DDTs him for a two count. Jeff is now busted open from RVD's strikes. Jeff drops RVD on his neck. With a German suplex. That was ugly. Nasty. Jeff hits a jawbreaker and then calls for the Swanton Bomb. But RVD rolls out of the way. RVD grabs the hardcore belt, hops up on the top rope, and nails a five-star frog splash on Jeff, who he had draped the title over his chest, so he got twice the impact. RVD gets the win and the hardcore title in 12-24. In the match of the night, a lot of work for a worthless title... But nevertheless, a really great, great match. Yes. And highlights that WWE really missed the boat on RVD because he could have been, RVD would have been a huge star. When uh, when Triple yeah. H came back from injury, 2002, 2003 RVD, man. Yeah. That was his, these were his prime years and they just let it go to waste. They stuck him with Kane. And so tag team and yeah. that tag team run, which I mean, at that time they had almost a year long tag team title run. Yeah. But fought uh, the LOD. Yeah. But still it was a, uh, I, I agree with you. I feel Just like held it, down. Yeah. Yeah. And then when he finally did get the title, you know, from John Cena in 2006, got busted for drugs, you know, smoking pot with Sabu, lost the belt and it was over. You know, that was it. That he, he would never reach the top again, but yeah, uh, yeah, just a real. And also, they missed the boat with Jeff Hardy too, 
And he had a lot of the same problems as RVD with substance abuse and other things, but you got to strike while the iron's hot with these guys. Yeah. And when they put on a match like that, they should be rewarded. And Jeff Hardy was sort of rewarded when he got in the match with The Undertaker and stuff, but it took them, by the time they got, you know, they didn't really do anything with him until he came back from TNA, you know, and it's kind of too The first time, anyway. Yeah, the first time. Yeah. So... This match just highlighted the two guys that they really dropped the ball on. Yeah. And and as much shit as they give WCW, like, oh, they would never elevate, you know, their young stars or whatever. Well, what happened tonight? You know, who's in the main event? The old guard. Right. And these guys are I fighting. would much rather have had RVD instead of Rhino in the main event. Oh, yeah. He was way out. And and Devon. I mean, so, I mean, you have to have the Dudley boys together. But yeah. Rhino, yeah, flirting in the main event, like, and Devon. Rhino and Devon are in the same match with the rest of these guys. They're just, yeah. they're not on the same level. But I mean, Devon's one thing. Vince is backstage with Hall of Famer Kurt Angle. He tells him to channel America tonight. And Angle says he's had enough of this Americana bullshit. <laughs> he's doing it for himself tonight. Enough of this Americana bullshit. You know what I did in the 1996 Olympics, Vince? I know exactly what you did. You won the gold medal. I kicked some serious ass. Which is what I'm going to do tonight. And sure, I'm going to do it for my country. And I'm going to do it for my company. But most of all, I'm going to do it for me. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Awesome. I Turning him into a serious... Yeah, I'm going to do now- it for my country. I'm going to do it for my company. But more importantly, I'm doing it for myself, damn it. Right. And it's... True. It's damn true. It's damn true. Stacy and Tori are taking on Trish and Lita in a tag team bra and panties match. This is a fight because of the Hardy Boys because it's a fight over who gets to sleep with the Hardy Boys. Correct. That's what this whole feud is over. Correct. Who aren't even involved in this match at all. Not at all. <laughs> Jeff just had match of the night. Yeah. Doesn't care about any of these women. Probably just got in the car and went home, you know. like Mick Foley is out once again. This is why he showed up tonight. He's going to be the guest ref for this contest, which does not need a referee at This all. is, without a doubt, your favorite match of all time. No, I, <laughs> I don't like bra and panties matches. Really? No, unless there's like a real story. Even then, I just don't. You know, the internet was was around before this. I saw way crazier stuff on the... You know, if, if this yeah. was still in... When pornography was hard to find or when nude, like when you couldn't just go buy, find a Playboy or whatever, you know, this would be really, you know, for, for a 10 year old kid that has no internet access, this would be awesome. This would be killer. (laughs) But in 2001, I was 15. Yeah. I had already seen a lot of, I mean, Sable had already done Playboy, you know, like we had already, this was our, this was. You had already gone and adventured and. This was yeah. the this is PG, you know. Yeah. We've already moved on to R rated. Yeah. You know, so not the R rated superstar, but so Mick Foley's gonna be the ref for this match. Tori's out first. She's in a Dallas Cowboys tank top and white pleather pants. Stacey Keebler comes out, my number one wrestling chick of all time, in a dark red tank top and yoga pants, basically. Trish comes out in blue ple- uh, blue pleather pants and a black tank top, and then Lita comes out and is wearing cargo pants, the Hardy Boys cargo pants, basically. 
and a white tank top. So that was, I guess they all coordinated on their outfits. I'm glad you actually took down what they were wearing because I didn't pay a bit of attention to it. Uh, it was what they were not wearing later on. That was the whole point, right? Right. The WWF girls says press the WCW girls and throw strikes. Tori tries a drop kick and kicks Trish in the corner and slaps her. Trish responds with a clothesline and snap suplex. She goes for the top of Tori, but Stacy Keebler interrupts it. Trish tags in Lita, and the WCW girls don't want to mess with Lita. They are way outclassed with Lita, so they run from her. Stacy is inadvertently tagged in. She's the legal woman now. Lita rips her shirt off. By the way, both women have to be stripped to lose, Pat. Yeah, so you have you, to be stripped down to your bra and panties. Stacy runs around covering herself up, but she manages to rip Lita's shirt off after Tori holds down her legs. So now we're tied one shirt apiece. <laughs> Lita uses the shirt to whip Stacy Keebler around. Good idea. Yeah, it was the snapmare with the with the tank top. So yeah. Lita throws her by the hair. Lita climbs upstairs and misses a crossbody. Then Tori and Trish tag in. Tori manages to rip Trish's shirt off, but Trish rips her pants off. So it's one shirt and pant versus two shirts. So Correct. we're tied up at two clothing items apiece here. Lita hits poetry in motion, a really shitty version of it, off of Trish's back and rips Tori's shirt off. So she has been eliminated. Correct. So now the only thing left is Tori's pants <laughs> or uh, Stacy's pants. Stacy's pants are, Stacey's pants. are the, that's the, the goal here. Get those pants off. And I Stacey. love JR, you know, if you want to win, get Stacy's pants. So. Lita moonsaults onto Stacy, who is then depanted by Trish Stratus and the WCW girls lose in five minutes and four seconds. This was match of the night. <laughs> <laughs> those WCW girls did not know how to wrestle. No. I mean, they flat out, did. they kept Tori and Stacy for their looks. Let's just be honest. I'm glad that these were done so we can we know what they were and we can, you know. You can appreciate what you have today. We can look back. Yeah, but I'm much, I like, I, I like them wrestling in the wrestling ring. If they yeah. want to do this other stuff, if they just want to run around in their underwear, then they can do that anywhere else, you know. But right. this is a wrestling ring. Right. Let's get serious. And so the WWF is now up five to four, or it could be four to four if you believe in the. Hold on, it's either five five or it's five five. Okay, it's five five, but I think they're actually just. I don't count Chavo, so WWF is up five to four. Backstage, the Alliance gets fired up for their match after a speech from Paul Heyman. Stone Cold is backstage with his wife Deborah and Vince. Stone Cold says he's not here to sing and be funny. He's here to whip ass. And that's the bottom line. I'm not exactly feeling the pressure because I've got all the confidence in the world. But Are I you trying to motivate me, Vince? I don't need nobody to come here and give me no pep rally. I didn't come here to sing to nobody. I ain't here to play guitar to nobody. I ain't here to hug nobody. I'm here to go out there and whip somebody's ass. Do you know why? Because that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. A video recaps the entire storyline where it shows Shane buying WCW and then Stephanie and Paul and everybody joining in. Then we get a parade of entrances. On, Literally. A this takes like 15 uh, minutes Yeah, yeah. of the remaining like 50 on this pay-per-view. It's yes. like most of it is on these entrances. 
So they all come out. All right, so let's label it out. You have on the Alliance, Booker T, oh, yeah. DDP, the Dudley Boys, and Rhino. And on Team WWF, you have Austin, Kurt Angle, Undertaker, Kane, and Jericho. That's correct. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Like, and this is first pinfall or submission to win. This yeah, it's is not, not elimination not survivor elimination, series. So. Booker T, when he comes out, he gets a chorus of boos, and JR mentions he's no Ric Flair or Sting. And I thought, yeah, I would really like to see them. It's a good line. And Vince is off headset, so it's funny that he got to mention these guys that they didn't sign when when Vince was at ringside. DDP, when he comes out, Undertaker runs out and brawls with him because he abducted his wife. Yeah, he just jumps him. So then everybody's brawling until Austin's disturbed theme song hits. And the crowd goes nuts because here comes Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's the best interest music he's ever had. Yeah. He runs down to the ring and chucks Rhino into the stairs. Austin chants break out. He attacks Booker T and tosses Rhino into the ring. And then the bell sounds. Stone Cold knocks all the Alliance members off the ring apron down to the mats. He thes presses Rhino and drops the Austin elbow, but Rhino kicks out at two. Austin nails a superplex on Rhino. Superplex. That was impressive. Man. Yeah. But Devon breaks up the pin attempt. Jericho lights... Jericho tags in and lights up Rhino with chops and a clothesline, but he gets trapped in the Alliance's corner, and then Booker T tags in. Jericho bulldogs Booker T for a two-count. Rhino stops the count but get dro- gets dropkicked for his trouble. Jericho missile dropkicks Booker for two and then tags in Angle. Angle eats a spin kick from Booker T, and then Devon tags in. Angle knocks him around, and then Kane tags in. Kane dominates Devon and hits a sidewalk slam for two, Dudley's hit a modified 3D on Kane after Bubba tags in, and that slows Kane down. Oh no, Shane shouts to Bubba, stay on him, Bubba, stay on him. Kane hits the top rope clothesline on Bubba, who jumps to sell it, so good for you, Bubba. Undertaker tags into a huge response. He hits old school on Bubba, and then he takes out the alliance. DDP tags in, and DDT's taker. DDP, DDT's is very tough to say sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> and he does that to Taker, gets a two count. Booker T tags in and scissor kicks the Undertaker. JR makes fun of the Spinneroonie. Spinneroonie, what kind of move is that? What a great offensive weapon that is. Within six months, he would be loving it, though. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, whatever they tell him in his headset. Austin tags in and beats up on Booker T, so the WWF champ beats the shit out of the WCW and US champ, by the way, a dual yeah. champ. Booker dodges a stunner, but then gets taken outside and thrown into the audience. Austin suplexes him onto the mats from the crowd. Then Austin tags in Y2J. Y2J goes for the walls of Jericho on Booker, but DDP runs in, so he gets put in the walls. But then Booker T breaks it back up. Jericho tries his lion saw, but misses, and Devon cheap shots him. The Dudleys try double-teaming Jericho, but he fights out of it with a spinning heel kick. Angle tags in then and belly to bellies all the Dudleys. Bubba hits his sit-out powerbomb eventually on Kurt Angle, which gets Rhino to tag in, and he belly to bellies Kurt Angle, but it's it doesn't look near as good as Kurt Angle's. After the Dudleys work on Angle, Booker T tags in and hits a scissor kick in the Spinneroonie, which JR hated, but Taker breaks up the pin attempt. DDP tags in and hits a sit-out powerbomb on Angle, but DDP tags in Devon, who along with Bubba hit was up on Kurt Angle. Jericho breaks up that pin. The WCW guys stomp Angle behind the ref's back. Then we get 
DDP diamond cuts Kurt Angle. Cole calls it a neck breaker, but JR corrects him. Then the WWF guys and the Alliance guys just all brawl. Just all falls apart. Gore to Booker T from Rhino. DDP gets tied up with Taker in the ring, and he gets choke slammed. Taker calls for the last ride on DDP, but Charles Robinson gets in the ring. Little Nate takes one for Team Alliance. Undertaker low blows Charles Robinson and then gives him the last ride. Yeah. And then Mike Kyoto, who was assigned this match, rolls Charles' dead body out of the ring. So <laughs> get that shit out of here. Taker and DDP then fight through the crowd. They're gone. They're done for the night. They're going home. Booker and Angle are the legal men now. EMTs are checking on Austin, who's selling his knee on the outside. Somehow his knee went bad in this match. Kane clears off the announce table, but the Dudleys stop him and set up their own table and lean in against the guardrail. Kane chokeslams Devon through JR and Cole's table. Rhino and Bubba vertical suplex Kane through the Spanish table, and then Rhino gets shoulder blocked from Jericho through the table the Dudleys set up. So everybody goes through the tables everybody's laid out, everybody's laying down. Bubba then wakes up all of a sudden and goes in to help Booker double-team Kurt Angle in the ring. But Angle hulks up and Germans Booker T, Olympic slams Bubba, puts Booker T in the ankle lock, but Booker T kicks out and kicks Kurt Angle into Mike Kyoto. Booker flapjacks Angle and now everyone's laid out once again. Vince grabs the WWF title, but Shane rips it from him and decks Vince with it. Then he sends Bubba to the outside of the ring. Olympic slam to Booker T from Angle. Then we get the ankle lock on Booker T, and he taps out, but Mike Kyoto is still down. Austin revives Mike Kyoto and rolls him in. But you know what he does, Patrick? He gets Kurt Angle, spins him around. Kicks him in the head. Kicked him in the head, picks him up, spins him around. Kicks him in the gut, hits the stunner, grabs Mike Kyoto, grabs Mike Kyoto. Mike Kyoto refuses to count. At this point in time, Austin literally verbally threatens him to count the three. So one, two, three, and the Alliance wins. Well, Patrick, as a referee, he had an obligation to count the fall just because he didn't want to. Right. He can't play favorites. No, we can't play favorites. Team WCW... And ECW, get the win! Booker's music starts to play, the Harlem Heat theme, but they cut that shit after a couple seconds and then put on Austin's music. Yeah. He's the real star here. Someone already had a sign up in the crowd that said Austin sold out. How did they know that? How did they know that was going to happen? I think that was kind of a given. He just turned at WrestleMania. Yeah, but it was getting over. He had to turn. They were riding this whole Austin's Hill thing. And they were trying every way in the world to make it work. Steve shares uh, Shane and Steph and Paul Heyman. He hates Budweiser, but they have a contract for the XFL and Budweiser, so he has to drink that shit, have a beer blast, and that's it. Austin turns his back. Why does he? Why does he decide to turn so late into the match, Patrick? Why would he? He punched his own teammates. He attacked his own teammates at first. Yes. Rhino and Booker T. You just gotta tell him you're sorry, man. It was all for it was all for the shock. The good of the it was for the best what's good for the team is what matters. Right. So what do you think of this pay per view overall? Oh, it's a great pay per view. Oh, I don't know about that, but it was okay. 
I I liked it a lot. It was fair. It's one of my go-tos. So had a great match between RVD and Jeff Hardy. Oh Jeff yeah, Hardy. absolutely. That's the must-see match on here. Everything else, I'm not sure I could recommend to anybody. Uh, the opening match is okay. I think the referee versus referee is a match that anybody who's a wrestling fan needs to see just strictly because it is what it is. On our rating scale, from Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez El Gigante, what will it be? I'm giving it a big show. Wow, a big show. Yeah. I am going to award this pay-per-view a a William Regal. A William Regal. So a, a, a medium-sized man. That's the best I can do for it. So. All right. And it's getting very, very late. So it's now my pick, and my pick is very obvious because we are coming up on the Royal Rumble, so we will go back to 1988 and the first-ever Royal Rumble, which was not a pay-per-view. It was actually on USA. And we will review the historic, the now historic, the best gimmick match ever, in my opinion. The Royal Rumble. Pat Patterson, regardless of what he did in the ring, inventing this match is the greatest thing Pat Patterson ever did. Yes. And that instant Hall of Fame for me, because it's my favorite. No matter what's going on in pro wrestling, I think if you're a fan of wrestling in general, even if you haven't watched in a while, the Royal Rumble is is awesome. Yeah. It's always great. Yeah. Even when it sucks. Yeah. Which sometimes it does. Correct. But anyway. All right, Patrick. Well, we will wrap this up so you can get to bed. I'm sorry I've kept you up this late. It's all right. Well, that does it for this episode, episode 20 of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. You can catch all the episodes at RetroWrestlingPodcast.com. And that'll do it for this week. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Saying as always... My closing line's a clothesline. Bingo, bango. See you next week. I thought that the invasion angle that we did in WCW or WWE when WCW came in, I thought in hindsight that there was a lot more juice in the fruit than we got out of it. I thought it was. I thought it, we could have got more out of it. What was your thoughts on that whole process? Yeah, I, I, I thought it could have been extended, done longer. I, I think there was a lot of business aspects that sort of influenced the direction, and, and I can understand some of some of that but i don't remember the actual buy rate but i know the invasion pay-per-view did well did really well yeah and i I think that was a sign that there there was more fruit on the tree yep and it seemed to wrap up shortly thereafter and it it was disappointing uh because it felt like it should have been um bigger because i again i was a kid you know growing up watching wcw and wwf at the time Mm -hmm. and then being someone who ended up going to wcw um, and actually being technically the first WCW guy on WWE t- television with the Invasion Superkick, it felt monumental somewhat. The the simulcast Raw Nitro um, felt like history. Yeah. And it, it, it felt like there could have been more there. Um, but unfortunately, it didn't. Um, we got something out of it. We could have gotten more, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, it, it was just, I, I think politics egos uh agendas got in the way of making more money in my view uh i just i thought that and you know people say well you didn't have all the right players well you know some of those guys that we didn't get from wcw it's not like that you can go put a gun to their temple and uh you know and and point them in the direction of wwe and say, okay there's your next stop hey they were getting guaranteed money from time warner and some of them are getting significant money from time warner lance and that did and they had a chance to sit home and get those checks every week, and that's what they did. They didn't want to come. They wanted. They're going to play that whole contract thing out, 
And that's why we didn't get a lot of the guys. We didn't get the whole we didn't get the whole WCW team. But with that said, I think that the team we got we could we could have done better with if we had been smarter and uh, the, it had been we'd done a better job of big picture planning, which was always seemingly a trait to WWE and Vince, in my view, over the years. And for some reason, it just didn't work out with that invasion angle. And I, I don't know exactly the reasons, other than was it political? Was it egocentric? Was it lack? Was it short-term planning? Was it just a human error? I don't know, but something was missing on that deal. We should have got more out of it. 